Hi, friends. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets. I am so tickled to be joined this week by not just one, but two of my very dear friends and both of my longtime co-hosts, Rebecca Hoffer and Kelly Gordon. Hi, Rebecca Hoffer. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. You are the inspiration for the conversation we're about to have, which we'll talk about in just a second. But hi, Kelly. How are you? Hey, I'm good, too. It's so good to see you guys in your smelling faces. <laughs> so this is a topic. We're going to be talking about all things pets today. And this is a topic <laughs> that through the years, behind the scenes, from time to time, Rebecca has been like, hey, do, would you guys ever want to do a show about pets? <laughs> and we just have always just been like, hey, yeah, like maybe someday. And I don't even remember how it came about, Rebecca, but like, was it maybe in our team Voxer chat or something, we were like talking about pet stuff and you were like, see, this is why we need to do a pet show because I have a lot of questions. Is that, help me remember, am I telling the truth about this? Is this how this came about? I mean, I really don't remember. I don't remember if it was just like a Voxer conversation or if it was an overflow conversation. Maybe it was. I really, truly don't remember. But I got tired of you guys <laughs> being like, oh, what would we say? Yes, and I was that's like, exactly I it. literally went to my keyboard and I was like, this is what you do. <laughs> yes. And like 50 questions later, Kelly's like, oh, I think maybe we could pull this off. <laughs> so yeah, what, what we, the thing. yeah, we decided that we, Meg and myself being the pet owners and Rebecca not being a pet owner, we were just kind of like, what is there to say? Like, it's our lived experience. We couldn't see outside of yes. the water we swim in. And then Rebecca was like, what color is the water? What's the temperature of the water? Is there salt in the water? What happens if you breathe the water? We were like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So we're finally getting to do the pet show, which is so appropriate because finally before yes. this- they dragged, and then they dragged me on. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But this is one of those we've had topics that were like, we'll get to it someday. But we thought, okay, this is it. Like, yeah. We've got We've, We've got a few more. Now. <laughs> this is the countdown. Yes. The final <laughs> countdown. If we're ever going to do a show about pets, about having a pet as a family, especially, I think is kind of the conversation that's going to come about. Like, we got to do this. I have always had pets from the time I was like in second grade. My family got a cat. And it, with the exception of a few years here and there as a family of our own, We've always had at least one pet running around here. So, Kelly, I know you guys as a family usually have at least one pet. We right? do now. Yeah, but we haven't always had them. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to like get too far ahead yeah, in the conversation, we'll, we'll but I think it's interesting, like the different ways that the dynamic can play out. Well, I want to make the point, Rebecca, you guys are a pet-free family as of right now. And so if you're listening and you're like, I don't actually care about pets <laughs> If you're also pet-free, living that pet-free life, just know Rebecca is here for you. She's got the pet-free perspective. I'm the voice of reason <laughs> <laughs> to tell you guys all that you're crazy. <laughs> and that may be how this conversation goes. And I totally respect and anticipate what may unfold. Exactly. So we've got lots of pet questions and pet answers to get to today on Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you be smart, 
strong, and social. If you've been looking for a community of women to support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in, I'm so happy to tell you that you've come to the right place. We would love for you to join us not only here listening to the podcast in whatever podcast app you choose, but also join us in one of our digital communities, one of our online communities, because that is where the true magic of being an awesome really happens. So come over and find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We're always bringing a little extra awesome to your Instagram feed or come and find us in the Facebook group. If you have listened to last week's announcement that Sorta Awesome is coming to a close at the end of the year, I hope you also caught in that or maybe you're hearing that for the first time. And if that's the Surprise! case, you need to go listen to that last episode, you guys. The Hangout's going to be there for supporting you with whatever you have going on in your life even after Sword of Awesome closes. So come and find us on Facebook. It's really worth it to reactivate that Facebook account that you closed down in 2018. Just do it. Go ahead, reactivate it and come find us in the Hangout group. We would love to have you over there. Okay, before we get into all of the chitter chatter about having pets, all the ins and outs, all of the questions Rebecca has for us who are you know, wild enough to keep actual animals in our home alongside our children, we have to do what we always do and, and start this show with Awesome of the Week. If you're new to Sort of Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life just a little bit more awesome right now. It could be a book or a TV show, music, movie, podcast, products, recipes, whatever is bringing that extra gold sparkle to our days. Speaking of recipes, Rebecca, I think you brought us a tasty one this week, right? I did. My awesome of the week is a sausage tortellini soup recipe. Mm, okay. The Cozy Cook. I love soup season. It is like my absolute favorite. As soon as it dips just a little bit cold, I'm like, ooh, time to make soup again. <laughs> yes. And this is one of my newfound favorites. So it has ground sausage in it. It has tortellini. It has kale. It has some good seasonings and spices, including like dried mustard, although I have swapped that out for regular mustard. I know that sounds a little strange. Kelly's like mustard and a soup. Well, no, I've seen that. But like <laughs> I actually was just reading a recipe yesterday and they were like dry mustard is not the same as yellow prepared mustard. So do not swap them. See, Rebecca, you're breaking the rules. You're just like, you know what? I'm doing it. <laughs> Listen, I know. I'm breaking the rules, but I just did it anyway. I Googled what's the equivalent swap, and I just went with whatever. Yeah, what, what Google says. I mean, you listen to the overlords. I, they, they, <laughs> yes. Yes, right. They will not lead you astray, at least on the mustard question. Yeah. Maybe on other things, but. <laughs> so this recipe also has heavy cream in it. It has kale in it. It has like just a little bit of spice, although you can adjust that depending on what kind of sausage you put in it. And so it's a warm soup, but then it also has like just a little bit of heat to it, which I really like, but not overly spicy in a way that like my kids don't like it. So, you know, Isaac is only six years old. His favorite thing on earth is chicken nuggets. He really likes this soup. And I will say that one of the best parts is that I figured out a freezing hack for the soup. Ooh, This is a super easy soup to double. Because when you get like a bunch of kale, like literally mm -hmm. a bunch at the supermarket, you really only need about half of that okay. for this recipe. And so right there, you have that doubled. 
often you buy heavy cream. It calls for one cup. It often comes in like a two cup amount. So right there, you instantly have that doubled. So it's a super easy soup to double. And then what you can do is just like stop at the point right before you put the tortellini in. Mm, Okay. And then you can freeze that one half of like the soup base and then just add the tortellini fresh later when you go to make it. It's just like one of the easiest freezer recipes ever. And so I absolutely love this soup. I've already made it once this season. I cannot wait to make it again. And I should add it. I have a blog post of like my 10 favorite family-friendly soup recipes. This one isn't even on it. Like it's, it's, it's not even on it. I'm telling you, it's like the best list of soup in your life. And then this one isn't even on it. So you need to fix we'll that immediately. <laughs> immediately. So I will have the recipe for this, of course, in the show notes, as well as 10 other fabulous soup recipes that you should be trying Ooh, out smart. in soup season. Yeah. Yes. I have we questions. Have- oh, okay. 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 Did you, can I ask my questions? Am I interrupting well, you? Yes. What were you going to say, Mike? I mean, well, I was going to say, is there still, I know at one point there was a sort of awesome soup Pinterest. Pinterest. Board? Yes. Okay. I, is that it is still in existence? It's still in existence because I saw it the other day, but I don't know how up to date it is. So maybe we should yeah, resurrect yeah, yeah. that as well and let people go check out what's there and add, you know, su- suggest add to it, you know, that sort of yes. thing. Yes. Because, okay. yes. Yeah. And there was for a little while, I think, even a Pinterest of like all the recipes that have ever been mentioned on Sort of Awesome. Like, can you even imagine? That's a lot. Gosh, that's a lot. Did one of you do that? No, I think it was done through the Sort of Tasty spinoff group that I'm a part of. So they were like collecting. Mm -hmm. Smart. What was your question, Kelly? So my question is specifically, so like when you say sausage, what kind of sausage did you use, Rebecca? And what kind of tortellini? Uh, Uh Uh-oh. She's like, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the sausage Um, from the store. I don't know, just like <laughs> the sausage that you crumble up. Like the <laughs> so, so you're doing this mo- this like motion sausage, but is it milk like the sausage, breakfast yeah. sausage that comes in like the tube? Is that what you're thinking of? Uh, yeah, but like sometimes I so I can buy that like sage or maple would be like breakfast or like Italian. Like I can buy that, not just like what I would consider breakfast sausage. Right. Okay. You can get lots of sausage. Like even especially in the meat section of the store, like behind the butcher counter, sometimes they make their own types of sausages. So you can just be like, I want four pounds of ground sausage, you know, or you can get it. I have so many soup recipes and even in spaghetti that call for hot Italian sausage, ground sausage that I stock up. Target has a very good non-gristly hot Italian sausage bulk in like one pound. It's like their Archer Farms brand in more of the grocery store targets. And I'll buy like 12 of those at a time and just keep them in my freezer because I go through them so fast in the winter for different things because I use it as a base for lasagna soup. Now this soup, it sounds like. There's that other soup that I have that's like a kale bean sausage and potato soup. It's kind of a Zupa Toscana from Olive Garden knockoff, only slightly healthier. I was thinking, Rebecca, I just made that over the weekend and I had more kale than it called for. And I was like, what the heck? I'm putting it all in. Making my family really healthy. It was very kale heavy. They didn't question me though, but it's been like six months since they've had it. So they probably forgot. Because I said, my daughter actually just went to Olive Garden for the first time in her life for like a homecoming thing with her friends. That's where they wanted to go. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I said, if you get like, you can get soup and salad and just try different kinds of soup. So I said, if you get the one Zupa Toscana, because I used to work at Olive Garden and I know Like things Mm. haven't changed that much, except the prices have gone way up. 
I was like, that's like this soup that I get. So she came home and she was like, yeah, it was like that, except it didn't have much kale. (laughs) (laughs) I'm setting the standard. Funny. Yes. So, okay. So that, and then like what kind of tortellini? Just like a cheese tortellini. I just use yeah, a cheese okay. tortellini. I got frozen and then it only calls for like 10 ounces. Yeah. And you okay. get like a 20 ounce bag. So yeah. then I just saved half of it and Perfect. put that cool. right in the freezer so that then when I pull it out, I have everything. So Brilliant. good. And, you know, we're going into the holiday season, busy nights. It's so great to have something you can pull right from the freezer and get it ready fast for the family. So yes. this sounds delicious. Thank you, Rebecca. So good. Okay, Kelly, how about you? What's awesome for you this week? So I'm really bringing an awesome that is not like anything new. Everybody has heard of what I'm about to say, but it truly has become not just like, I would say it's on its way to being like one of the awesomes of my year. And it is the kids TV show, Bluey. Oh, I, as most longtime listeners know, my kids are older. My youngest is 13. My oldest is 22. And I love me love me some kids TV programming, like kids books and kids TV programming, I think for lots of different reasons are like my happy place. I just love it. And so stuff from my older kids who are like, so I have Gen Z. I have birthed (laughs) Gen Z. Fully. 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 I've like run the gamut right there, like from the top to the bottom. But what I'm finding, the reason that Bluey is really my awesome of the week is because Gen Z not the little kids. Gen Z is watching Bluey. Oh, yes. So Meg, you may know this, maybe even you, Rebecca. Like this is like people, they, in colleges, Bluey is incredibly popular. People get together and watch Bluey. Yes. Yes. The world is so hard right now. And Gen Z and millennials, they're like, okay, I can tell you off the top of my head, 5,000 things today that are causing me existential grief. You know, there's depression, anxiety through the chart. Up through the roof, there's wars, there is climate change. I can't ever, probably will never afford a house. I'm paying debt in college. Like, what is good in the world? What is good? Bluey. Bluey is good. Bluey is simple. Bluey is supportive. It's kind of, I almost feel like maybe this is a little bit over the top, but it's the idea of this is like the Mr. Rogers for Gen Z. It feels like a hug. It feels like you're going to be okay. It brings a childlike playfulness back into my life. So like I'm watching it with my daughter, my high school sophomore, because she was the one who was like, mom, we need to be watching Bluey. And I had watched an episode just because I wanted to see what all the fuss was about when it first came into existence. Our longtime Australia, like awesomes are like, hello, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Bluey for like many, many years. But it's only yeah. been the last few that it's been on, on Disney Plus. And so it's been a thing in America and has gotten wildly popular. So I'm just going to say, like, if you have a Gen Z millennial, if you are a Gen Z millennial, if you need a little wholesomeness, like just joy, a reminder that love, like families, support, not that they don't talk about hard things. They do sometimes on the show, but it's just so much joy and sweetness. It feels like what you want to watch before you go to bed. Actually, how we use it a lot of times because my daughter has anxiety. And so it's like it puts her brain in a happy space instead of it being in one of those, oh, did I do all my homework? What if that happens? And then she's up for two hours. So I love Bluey. I am also because Halloween just happened. We have old DVDs of Halloween stuff from when my kids were little. So I have Dora Halloween. I have... 
this is really old. Miss Spider. I remember Miss Spider. Miss Friends. <laughs> they make compilations on TikTok of like kids TV from the early 2000s. Like, I'll have I to send that. it to you. Okay, yeah. Because yes. my older kids and I, they'll be like, Mom, look, I remember every one of these shows. We watched a lot of TV, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but it was those days of Nick Jr. and Disney Jr. Yes. So yes, Miss yes. Spider, which I just showed to my older, like my younger two kids, they had never seen Miss Spider before. And they were like, this is crazy. The animation, they were like, I don't like it. It's like 0.5 photography. And then there's this the villain character in Miss Spider. His name was Spideris. And it's like a very dramatic human head on a spider with like eyebrows and red lips, white face. They're like very trippy. They're yes. like and it kept freezing because it was a dirty <laughs> DVD, which they don't even understand. And so it would like freeze and it was like Spideris's face. And they were like, ew, stop it. I don't want this is not supposed to be so spooky. But my favorite of all times is Backyardigans. And Backyardigans had a Halloween like DVD that we put on and people come out of like they spill out of their rooms and away from their games because it makes everybody so happy. And I feel like Bluey is the next generation of that. Not that there haven't been shows in between like Paw Patrol still on. I love Paw Patrol. But Bluey, man, you guys, if you haven't already watched it, go watch it. Let's share our favorite Bluey clips in the Hangout this week. Oh, that's so good. We should totally do that. Yes. My college freshman loves Bluey. Before she left for school, like this past summer, would watch it with Nico a lot. And now Nico doesn't like to watch it when Daisy isn't here. So we haven't had as much Bluey going on. But I did introduce him to Backyardigans just in the past few weeks, and he loves it. So it's very nostalgic for me because these were what, when they were little girls, what they watched. And so it's been, I will say that Gen Z loves a wholesome moment. I think you're right. I think they just are so sensitive to all of the, difficult things in this world that they really love and treasure those wholesome things. Yes. He's definitely on that list. Exactly. For sure. Yep. Okay. Awesome of the Week is kind of wholesome adjacent. <laughs> it is a new podcast, a limited series podcast called Keys to the Kingdom. Have either of you heard of this? I don't think listening? So. Oh, I'm, I'm no. so happy to introduce it to you then. Okay. So Keys to the Kingdom is, an, like I said, it's going to be an eight-part limited run podcast. And it is hosted by Matt Gorley, who I know from uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, one of my favorite. It's probably like the only celebrity podcast I listen to because I love Conan O'Brien. And then his wife, Amanda Lund. And it is all about behind the scenes gossip and goings on at amusement parks. <gasps> Ooh. Think Disney level. We're talking Disney. We're talking Universal Studios. What is going so, on? Yes. yes. <laughs> it's so great. What's going on behind the scenes? If you've ever wondered, they are here to dish about that. Both of them, independent of each other, before they had even met, worked behind the scenes. I think Matt worked at Universal Studios, and I think Amanda was at Disneyland as she was like a princess. Ooh, that's a, that's a hard job to get. That's like top tier of the cast at Disney. And so they are just going through and like have a topic for every one of the episodes of like what's going on. In fact, the very first episode is called Operation Petticoat and it is all about the princesses and what it takes to become a princess, some of the stuff you got to put up with from creepy guests at the park, often creepy dads being creepy right in front of their kids. Come like, on. Oh, good. No yep, good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, they just you go behind the scenes and you not just hear stories from Matt and Amanda, they sprinkle their stories in, but mostly they're interviewing people who have had various roles 
behind the scenes. So even if you're just like casually interested, if you've been to one of the big amusement parks or you want to go someday, or if you just have always been curious, like what does it take to make an amusement park like Disney World run? I think you'll really like it. Again, it's called Keys to the Kingdom. It's just a limited series. I will say there's only four episodes out right now. So if you're looking for something that you can like binge all the way through, wait a few weeks and come back to it. But it's really good. It's really fun too. So I literally just added it to like the top of my key. Oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. I would not say this is one you really want to listen to with your kids because it's really like the real stuff that goes on behind the yeah. scenes. So maybe talk about ruining, <laughs> ruining yeah, Disneyland yeah, yeah. for your kids. Like, so is this where they harass that. the princesses, mommy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not for kids. It's for the grownups to listen to, but I have been super enjoying it. Okay. Well, those are awesomes of the week from us. Of course, we always love to hear what is awesome in your life. So please do come and find us on social media. Like I said, at sort of awesome show on Instagram or every Friday in the Hangout, we have our Awesome of the Week thread so we can all share the abundance of awesome that is out there. So we have lots of pet talk to get into. Again, Rebecca's going to be asking us some questions, and Kelly and I are going to see if we have some answers <laughs> about living that pet life. So we're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay, Awesomes, the holidays are approaching and you know what that means. Awkward family discussions around the table. But luckily this year, your beautiful caraway pans are sure to be the topic of conversation. And longtime Awesomes, you're going to know exactly what I mean when I say you can even, yes, pass the bean dip in a beautiful caraway pan. Caraway Homes non-toxic kitchenware features a chemical-free ceramic coating, so food can be prepared with peace of mind that none of those hard-to-pronounce chemicals are going to leach into your healthy ingredients or into your beautiful spread of holiday foods. Now, Kyle and I have been married for 25 years. You know we've had a lot of pots and pans, a lot of cookware, a lot of bakeware come and go into our lives. We have never, and I mean this seriously, never ever been as obsessed with cookware as we are with caraway. Not only is it super easy, super low stress to cook with, I mean, we're talking easiest nonstick you've ever worked with, but also we love the healthy aspect. We know it's great for cooking for our family and the cleanup is ridiculously easy. Just this past week, Kyle made some spicy Asian chicken thighs for our dinner. And you know, if you ever cook those like kind of spicy, sticky chicken things, they they can be a little messy to clean up. When I tell you I popped that caraway pan into the sink, a couple of swishes with my sponge, bada bing, bada boom, it was beautiful, clean, and ready to be put back. We love our caraway pans and I want for you to as well. So you guys go visit carawayhome.com slash awesome to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off of your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash awesome or use code awesome at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay, we are back. And this week we are talking all things pets like how do you incorporate a pet into your life? What does that look like? What are the nitty gritty details of pet life? We know that a ton of you awesomes have pets. In fact, it's kind of one of our more talked about topics in the hangout. I've noticed as people asking various questions about different breeds of dogs or like, what do I do about this pet situation? Or how do I deal with this family member's pet? Like there's always some kind of pet conversation going on. So 
Rebecca, why don't you kick us off? What are some of the questions that come to mind for you as we think about why would somebody have pets? And (laughs) yeah, let's get into it. Okay, well, let's set the stage first. And just like each of us can just give a very brief history of pets in our lives. Like if you have like a memorable pet from your childhood and then like a rundown of who is like currently living in your home. Okay. <laughs> that has fur all, right. all over their bodies. Like who's living in our home that has like the, the pets that live the in our family. home. For family. For pets. Okay. For yes. Pets. <laughs> okay. Kelly, why don't you start? So my favorite childhood pet is really easy because we only had one because I came from a family that was not a pet family. Now I should say this. My dad grew up on a farm. So he was, I would say almost more like pet neutral. He was like, yeah, animals are cool. Like, I don't care. My mom was anti, always, always anti animals living in the house. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So I was only five or six when we got a dog. It was a white toy poodle that they gave me and my little brother for Christmas. Like we have it on home video, like without sound, you know, like back in the day. Her middle name was so hurt because she was for Christmas. Her name was Noelle. And it was Noelle Snowball, like her middle name was Snowball, because that's what we thought first when my dad pulled this little thing behind his back. We thought he brought in snow. We lived in northern Kentucky. It didn't snow much. So we were like, where did you get snow? And it was a dog. Oh, yeah, she was really tiny. Precious. Yes. Yes. And we loved her. But I would say I loved her. I like especially like as we went along, I loved animals. So maybe that's why they got her. I mean, I don't really remember. I was really young. If I had like an animal thing and they were like, well, this would be good. Or if it was my dad who said, I think we should have a pet. But for most of like those years, my mom actively did not like the dog. And my dad mostly didn't like the dog. (laughs) She was just a nuisance. They had to pay for and clean up after and was underfoot. And there was very little redeeming. The only redeeming quality was that I loved the dog. And so they were like, we're glad you love the dog. You know, so the dog, especially as she got older and I got to be more like a teen, I had a double bed. So she would sleep like on the pillow next to my head. You know, she was my dog. She ended up dying of old age, just like she was old and mostly blind and couldn't really get up and down stairs and those sorts of things. And I was also at a point in my development where I was really like super excited about my friends. So I wasn't spending much as much time with her anymore. So her death was like, I was actually at a friend's house. My parents got home from church and found her dead. And they called me and they were like, Kelly, we have really bad news. And I was like, what? I'm thinking my grandparents have died. And they're like, Noelle died. And I was like, oh, all right. Like, I mean, she was old. (laughs) My mom and dad cried because they were like, we felt like we did penance. We were so mean to that dog so many times. (laughs) They're like, when she died, they were paying for their sins. I was like, good, you should, because you were mean to her. (laughs) So that was my gosh. That was like the only pet that we ever had. They didn't get, you know, I mean, I was going to college very soon. The other people in the family, I think my youngest brother really could have done with the pet. My mom was like, no, not again. I'm not doing that again. So it wasn't until like I got married and we started to have pets, but that was it for my childhood. And who who lives in my house now? We have living in your house. I have a cat and a dog. So when Corey and I got married, we got a cat because he'd had a cat and a dog growing up and they were like that mythical cat and dog that were best friends. They loved each other. They slept together. 
So at the time we lived in an apartment and he was like, well, we can, we can have a cat in an apartment. You know, like we both worked a ton of hours and weird hours. So we adopted a kitten who Corey brought home from the shelter because I had to go back to work. And then I got home later in the day and she was like, I'm sorry, you're the other lady. I was here first. Like, and that was how she treated me. (laughs) Yes. The rest of our marriage life. She loved Corey. And I was like there. I was her enemy. (laughs) That was taking him away from her. We have funny stories about that cat. And then we ended up getting dogs. And then we had kids and we got rid of all the pets because we thought we were moving. And that's a long story. So, and then it was gradually my oldest daughter, Natalie, also loves animals. Like we would go to the park when she was, you know, four and her friends would all be there. And some little old person would come in with some, you know, tiny little dog. And she would go literally for an hour and a half and sit next to the dog who was like hiding under a bench because it's old and crotchety or whatever. And she's like, the dog. And we're like, but you're friends. She's like, but there's a dog. So we got a dog. That is so cute. Yes. She was like eight. And so then ever since we've had, and then our son, who's just behind her, Connor, we always, it was very, now I look back and I'm like, this is so gender stereotypical. But we were like, when we were talking about getting a dog, we were like, Connor, look at the dogs. And he would always be at the pet area, like the pet co when they would have a pet adoption day with the cats. And we're like, yeah, why are you with the cats? Come look at the dogs. And then finally we were like, oh, he's a cat person. He likes cats. Yeah. (laughs) So now we have a different dog because the dog that we got when Natalie was eight passed away a few years ago. But so we have one dog and one cat. They aren't friends. We have a very typical dog. She is like squirrel, happy. She's the most extroverted. She's like my dog because she is yes. like reaches my level of extroversion. And the cat is like, pet me, no stop. You know? <laughs> yes. So that, that's who it. we have in our household. I love that. What about that. you, Meg? Okay. Well, I grew up in a one cat family. My parents weren't like super big on animals, but I talked them into a cat when I was in second grade. And I have a very vivid memory. We looked and looked, you know, this was pre, obviously, obviously pre-internet days. (laughs) Just to remind everybody how old we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. this is the early 80s. How did we even know? I don't even know. I think that my parents just waited until they heard somebody, heard through the grapevine, somebody had a cat who'd had (laughs) kittens. And they took me to pick one out. And so for my whole entire childhood, teenage years, we had one pet, a cat named Toby. He was just a a black and white American short hair, nothing fancy. And I loved that cat so much. When I was in elementary school, I would put him in the basket on my bike and (laughs) try to get him to ride in the basket through the neighborhood. He hated that. And he would bail out and run home. He was a great cat. He was an indoor outdoor cat. And so he'd go off and hunt and live his best cat life. And then he'd come home. He had a very sweet disposition. He wasn't one to jump on people or scratch or anything like that. He was so good. That cat lived a long time. He died when I was in college, maybe even after Kyle and I were married. Wow. And I had gotten him when I was in second grade. He just lived and lived and he went through all those nine lives. He didn't waste a (laughs) second of it. He was so great. And so I always loved to be around dogs, but my parents just, especially my dad, just like, no, we're not going to get a dog. Dogs are so much work. And so I loved when my friends had dogs, but we never had a dog when I was growing up. And so when Kyla and I got married, we had two cats. They lived with us. We didn't have kids until we'd been married for like six years. And when AJ was on the way, we rehomed the cats because I was like, Kyle was never home. He was coaching college football at the time. 
never home. I had my hands full. I had a toddler. I was getting ready to have a newborn. I was like, I can't do the cats anymore. So I was sad about that. But then we didn't have animals for a long time. And then AJ decided she wanted a dog. And so you all may remember a few years back, we had a white German shepherd who was so great. Her name was Jaja. She was so fun. Big, big, big energy dog. Too much energy, in fact, for us. So we found a different family for her. And now living in our house, we have not one, not two, but three dogs. <laughs> so oh, I forgot you had a third dog. How did I forget? Three. We, we just keep multiplying. Big, yes. We're, it's you, the burrow here, you guys. I Rebecca swear, is like burrow. face palming. <laughs> I mean. We have all these kids and all these dogs. Three? But what kind of dogs? Because okay. that's important. They're not okay. white German shepherds. They're not. So we have our two Boston Terriers who came from the same litter. They're our pandemic puppies. After we had not had a dog for a while, the kids really were campaigning to have dogs again. So we found these little Boston Terriers. That we got them in April of 2020. They are so funny. Francie and Stella are our Bosties. I love having Boston Terriers. They are the perfect breed, I think, for family dogs. They're like having dogs, all the dog stuff, but also they're very cat-like, especially Stella. She is attitude on wheels. <laughs> she does not want to be petted or played with. She will let you know. So she has so much personality. Francie is dumb as a box of rocks and just so <gasps> loving. And they have those smushed up snouts a little bit and they sound like pigs when they eat so we call them our cat dog pigs because they are so snorty <laughs> rebecca is like so that none of this is like bringing me into the pet fold i'm sorry i literally just said ew i'm having a hard time like controlling my it's okay I, you can let it you can love, be honest we love the boss terrible yes <laughs> it sounds terrible no yes. this all sounds awful but, okay keep going okay and then a year ago, we got Izzy, our pity puppy. Um, also, AJ's idea. You guys, AJ has a lot of influence. Like, it's really, <laughs> once she decides that she wants something, it's very hard to detour her. And Izzy has been so much fun, too. She's very high energy, but works out great for me because she's my daily walking partner. And she's very loving. And even today, one of my twins is homesick. And I went down there to check on him and Izzy was all snuggled up with him on the couch. And she she loves Nico. She and Nico are best friends. Like Nico puts her through so much and she just loves him. So anyway, that's the current state of pet affairs here. <laughs> Rebecca's like, I oh, regret Lord. doing this episode at all. I Sounds hate this awful. conversation. No, but that's why okay. Rebecca's here because she was like, yes. do, don't you have people? So Rebecca, tell us, like, did you grow up with pets? Yeah. Yes and no. Okay. So the only indoor pet that we had was a cat. Her name was Molly and she like hated the world and like was very, very skittish. It was like really hard to get her to love us. She was a very, very pretty cat. And then I had outdoor dogs. My parents actually raised puppies and sold oh, puppies. Oh, okay. And I never knew that. I didn't either. So we had like an old chicken coop. My parents lived like on a farm and they had an old chicken coop that they renovated to make it so that it was for the dogs so that they could be out there 
And so we never had like dogs in the house. But part of our job growing up was to take care of the dogs and so you like feed them and water them all the time and you know all the things and then they sold the puppies and that was part of how I got money for college was oh by selling dang mm-hmm. okay and they were adorable my parents sold American Eskimo puppies, oh. and so they're like these little bundles of white fur and they are just so incredibly cute and I just have many pleasant memories of laying in the grass and having the puppies like all just like attack me all over. I mean, I just love the puppies. I dress them up in like little doll clothes. Oh my goodness. So cute. But (laughs) now adult Rebecca has zero desire for any kind of pet. In fact, we have only had one pet and it was a fish (laughs) and it lived for like a year and a half and I didn't want anything to do with it. My kids would love a dog. They would love a dog. I have, and Nate, we both have like some allergy issues when we think about having like a dog or a cat that makes us very nervous. Me, Enneagram 6, I'm just like thinking of all of the horrible ways that my life would be impacted by having a pet, especially now that I am home and my kids are like all in school. Like who's going to be responsible for this? You are. It's going to be me. Yeah, it's going to be you. going to be me. It's always the mom. The training, the cleaning up, the walking, the whatever. It's going to like chew things. It's going to shed. It's going to poop in the yard. I (laughs) hate the sound of all of it. Okay. Nate did grow up with dogs in the house. And from day one has kind of like day one of our marriage has kind of talked about the joy of having a dog. And I have said way before we ever even got pregnant the first time that we wouldn't even start that conversation (laughs) until all of the Hoffer children, regardless of how many there will be, once all of the Hoffer children are potty trained, then I will consider starting the conversation. Well, Isaac is six. (laughs) I bet he's potty trained. trained. He's fully in school all day. He's doing great. He's doing great. And so there's been a little bit more conversation, but it is being hit with a major dose of resistance. I will send Nate TikToks of dogs doing terrible things <laughs> to like help him Gosh. remember why he doesn't TikTok want to TikTok persuasion. Life. Yeah. We will go to people's homes who have dogs. And then afterwards, I will say to him, isn't that annoying with that dog? Like, I just like I cannot like no part of me wants it out. In fact, I don't think my neighbor knows that I do podcasting, so I don't think she's going to hear this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you never know. Hey, the podcast so my- is going away in like two months. <laughs> like people aren't going to be actively searching for it anymore. Not that she couldn't find the archives online. So Grace was asked to feed her cat. And my kids love when she goes away and they feed the cat. But we went over there and the cat had thrown up in two different places on the living room floor. And I called my mother and I said, do I have to clean this up or can I just like pretend that this (laughs) didn't happen until after we had already been there Uh to feed the cat? I knew in my heart what I needed to do. (laughs) I kind of was hoping that maybe my mother would, you know, give me permission (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to not yes. clean up the cat puke. So she scolded me and told me that I needed to clean it up. <laughs> I did. I almost threw up. 
I hated every minute. That's of true. It. There, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. There's a whole I do gag a lot. Here. I gag a lot. Like I'm an easy trigger gagger, you know. Yeah. And our cat has like stomach issues, so she throws up more than a lot. Let's just say a lot. Like it's a concerning amount, but we have found nothing wrong with her. That's awful. I I hate the sound of all of it. So I'm kind of afraid of getting a pet. I'm also afraid that I'm like permanently scarring my children because I don't want them to have a pet. For the audio, Meg and Kelly both just kind of shrugged that off. Like, I know you can't really see that they both did that, but they both were like, oh, no, they'll be fine. That's it. That's the seal of approval that I have needed for pet owners. (laughs) I'm not damaging my kids. I'm taking this to my grave now. I mean, you're not going to damage them. It's the same thing as like people being like, I'm not going to take my kids to Disney. I hate Disney. I hate amusement parks. I'm not going to take them. You'd be like, well, you're like they can go to Disney when they get older. You know, like, like it's not it's experience of being a kid. It's not necessary. Like what's necessary is to have people love you and feel safe and have food, you know, education. It would be better to have a non-perpetually stressed out, grossed out mom caring for them on the daily and not have a pet. I mean, honestly, like... Truly, Rebecca, if they want to have a pet when they grow up, they can have a pet to my husband. Yeah, they can have a pet when they grow up. Is Nate going to be the full-time caregiver of the animal? I don't mean to sound snarky about that. I adore Nate, but I'm just asking. Like, But Nate's going to be out of the house. Right. Exactly. If you are in the house, like if you were out of the house too, like people, you know, if they have both parents working out of the house, you put the dog in a kennel or whatever. And so that maybe helps to keep the sharing a little bit more. But if you're there... And mm-hmm. even if people are like, well, I'll take care of it, I'll take care of it. But if you're there and the animal needs help, you're not going to be like, you're not my responsibility. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, you do have to get involved. So I agree. I think it's always wise to be like, this is going to, like, the reality of it is it's just going to fall back on me. Like, even if it other will, people are Rebecca. actively involved. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, because one of my children's campaign points has always been, we'll, we'll do it. We'll take the dogs for walks and we'll scoop the poop. No. No, it's always going to come back to you in some way. So if you have this much resistance around caring for another living being, I think you are very wise to say, I am not going to do this. I told Grace and Noah, instead of a puppy, we gave them Isaac. Like we had another child. <laughs> That's what I told them. That's what we did. Too, when we had Nico. Yeah, no, you have a and Nico. Valid. <laughs> okay. But so you guys did get pets for your family, yeah. for your children. Yeah. So share maybe why you chose to indulge in this horrific activity. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel like the leading the witness. <laughs> so for us, obviously, it was Natalie was obsessed, obsessed with pets. Um, and we had said to her too, kind of like, we need to have people not be actively little or we were moving a lot. Like there was always a lot of change, but we were like, we will. And we'd had dogs before. So when Corey and I got married, I actually forgot this. <laughs> this is not going to like help Rebecca think more highly of me. But when Corey and I first got married and we moved to Phoenix, which was on every level a disaster because of different things, we ended up with four dogs. Oh, we got two dogs. That's that's too much even for me. (laughs) We were so stupid. So we got two dogs that were brother and sister that were actually wolf hybrid. They were. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know what we were thinking. And like they had been traumatized, like the boy dog that the little brother, he was like, like would run from people. They were like docile dogs, but you know, they were puppies. They were probably like four months old when we got them. 
But then we were like, but we didn't get the cute puppy stage. And so we went to Petco to buy dog food for other two dogs. And we found two more puppies that were little, like eight week old, like cute. So then we had four and it was 115 outside. And we both worked. It was stupid. I don't know why. So when we moved from Phoenix, like four months later, we had to rehome all the dogs. So that was like an experience. But at the same time, while we were like, that was crazy, that was stupid, but we did love having dogs. I do want to be more responsible than that. Yeah. But after the cat, we had two dogs in California. So we had three animals for a long time. And we did have kids for eight or nine years. So I wouldn't say that we treated them like our babies, but we enjoyed having them, even though they were so much work. So it wasn't a hesitation for us to be like, should we or shouldn't we not? It was just like, we need to find the right time. You'd already been broken in on the pet thing as an adult. You knew what you were getting into. Yes, very much. In fact, when the dog that we got, Sammy, who was like our first dog that we had with Natalie and like Natalie's best friend, we had gone through a rescue. And I've told the story on the podcast before, but like we went through a rescue, a border collie rescue. We were going to get Natalie a dog for Christmas. We were like, this is going to be so awesome. And we got a dog. We picked it up the day before and we gave it to her on Christmas Eve. And then we were hosting a brunch and like this dog was a sweet dog, but it was about one. It had been only outdoors. Like it was like on a farm. And we lived in a townhome. We didn't even have a yard. And we had a one-year-old Tayla and Connor, who, as I've now established, doesn't only likes cats. (laughs) So this dog was tearing around our house, scaring the kids. Like they were hiding on the back of our sofa. Like the other little babies, they were on the back of the sofa. And I was like, okay, put the dog in the kennel. The dog's barking at night. Kind of what you're saying, Rebecca, where I was like, this is too much right now. Like I've just started to sleep through the night again. And now the dog is barking and I'm worried it's going to wake up my kids or the neighbors because we live in a road townhome. We don't have a yard. So what we got that year for Natalie for Christmas was a broken heart because we took, we called the rescue and said, come get the dog like the next day after Christmas. So she'd already like had a collar made. She'd slept with the dog. And we were like, sorry, not that dog. Oh, no. So, but the good news out of that is that the rescue, they were really good. And they were like, okay, tell us more. Like when we said, this is why we cannot keep this dog. They were like, oh my gosh, if we had known these things about you, we would never have even let you have that dog. Like you're, (laughs) that's that's on us. That's a bad match. So they called us like two months later and they said, we have a dog for you. She had just had puppies. She was brought into the rescue program. And a lot of rescue programs are foster homes that foster dogs. They don't like live in a kennel. So they were like, this dog was found in a a Walmart parking lot in North Dakota by a truck driver and it was winter. And so they were like, you know, he picked her up and brought her to the cities and said, you know, this is obviously a border collie of some sort. So they gave her to a family who already had a German shepherd in a lab, very dog people. And like before they could even get her to the vet, she had babies. So they said a one-year-old dog having babies is like a teenage mom. Physically, they can do it, but if they're not mentally ready to handle this responsibility. <laughs> so they said, we want you to come and meet the mom. Now there's going to be six puppies. Don't look at the puppies. And we're like, no, we know. We've done, <laughs> We've we know. done puppies before. Yes. We're like, yes, okay. Yes. So they're like, so when we went into that house, the family was so sweet. They like first... Natalie sat on the ground and just like what you're saying, Rebecca, they let six border collie puppies that were probably about six to eight weeks old at that point out. And we have pictures of Natalie like covered in little fluffy dogs. And then they take them away 
And then they let Sammy out and Sammy came towards us and she was the sweetest, gentlest dog. And she was like, please help me. They're on me all the time. I don't know what to do. And so they were like, let the puppies wean and then you can have her. So like we knew, we knew. It was always our intention. Like we know what we can handle. And Natalie, you know, too, like we were like, she's going to have to be walked. Like we can't let her out to go to the bathroom. Like she has to be put on a leash. And she did do a lot of the work, even as like a kid at eight with that dog. So like the decision to get a dog was not hard. I feel like getting a cat again, like after we had this snotty cat (laughs) when we were first married was a little bit different, but it was just like, when I look back, we just thought, well, everybody wants a dog. And now like, that's the big joke in our family is like, I send all of the cat TikToks to Connor and I send all of the dog TikToks to Natalie because Connor is like, I mean, he plays with our dog, but he's just like, ah, dogs. Because he just wants the low maintenance. He is kind of part cat. Like he lives in the dark. (laughs) He can be really awesome when he wants to be. And then he's just like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Never talk to me again. I hate you. (laughs) So he's a cat person and we just didn't see that. So I'm glad we have both because they fulfill different roles. Maybe this is a question for the future. I will always have a dog. I've already decided that. I will go to my grave with a dog. I think dogs are great companions. They add so much to my life. It's something to care for, something innocent and sweet in my life. It's kind of like having a toddler all the time, only less work. Toddlers are more work than dogs for sure. (laughs) And I don't know if I'll have a cat again. Okay. That's that's just me. What was your question, Rebecca? I I like answered it. What was (laughs) Meg supposed to answer? Why do you have these? Why did you make this horrible decision? What went into you deciding to get pets for your family or for your kids specifically? Yeah, I mean, just I will say this again. I kind of already said it. AJ is the leading force on this. Also, Kyle grew up with cats and dogs. I grew up with having a cat. I do think that in some way, your exposure to pets makes you more like both of us had very fond memories of having pets when we were little. And so when AJ got really determined, Daisy loves our dogs, too loves, loves, loves them, but she's not as determined. I'm telling you, once AJ gets a hold of an idea, it is, she just wears you down. And so she's been the voice of necessity for this. So that's how we ended up with them. So what about pet hacks? Do you have any like favorite training tips, how you handle food? Oh, Kelly, didn't you have like this cat feeding thing that loved <laughs> a while back? Yes. Oh. I mean, I feel like with cats, there are more technology that you can deal, equipment. like help them. Equipment, like yes. Equipment with it. cats. Dogs are... You yeah, you can't really... Do, there's, not, there's not as much, yes. And poop bags. <laughs> yes. So, you know, like if you're willing to... I think this is why cats are such a great low-maintenance pet. Oh, yeah. So maybe even, Rebecca, maybe we could talk you into a, a cat because... Our cat, what happened was that she was starting to wake us up earlier and earlier to be fed. Mm, Yes, I do remember. So that's why we got an automatic feeder (laughs) to be like, I'm not in charge of this. Like, quit waking me up. And it it did eventually work. Like, she's like figured it out. Also, what part of her issue of why she throws up is that she eats too fast. So with the automatic feeder, it can feed her like small amounts over a couple of hours instead of it being all just like when we're doing it, you dump a big scoop in and she would like eat it all and then throw it up. So it's helped on many fronts. It's plugged in and it even has batteries. So we've lost power so many times this year, you guys, I don't know. But like that she still gets fed even when we can't do anything, you know. 
And then I know a lot of people these days who have an automatic litter box. Yeah, pooper scooper. So you don't even have to do that. For sure, when Connor moves out, whether he takes this cat or gets a new cat, he said, I'm going to buy one of those because we don't have great space in our house for litter box. Like where I have, and I talked about this in the podcast too, we have, it's like a bench that hides the litter box. It's a furniture that like there's a little on one side, there's an opening for her to go in, but it just like, it hides it and it doesn't like, it's already pretty big. You can't, those automatic litter boxes are, they just take more space. So you can really automate most care for a cat. Like they don't need anything else. They like, they will be happy to be around you some. And they are like very cozy and comforting. You know, like, so like get up on your bed and purr. Like in the mornings when I get up and I have to go wake up my teenagers, the cat goes with me. She's very like meowy and stuff. <laughs> but she walks into their room and I'm like, you've got to get up. And it's dark. And the teens are like, no, get away from me. Be gone, evil woman. And I'm like, Hermione, that's our cat's name. Hermione, wake the kids up. And she jumps up and purrs. And I'm like, wrong mode. That's the vibe <laughs> that's of the bed. Opposite. Like, yes. that's not going to help. Get out. Like, you're making them go back to sleep. Because what is more comforting than a purring I know. cat? Oh, I love a, I love a purring, cuddly cat. And our cat yes. has got long hair. She's very, very floofy in every way. Like, we do not body shame, but she's floofy. <laughs> very, very <laughs> floofy. So, like, she's oh. a great pet. So those You're are good cats. You're talking me into this. Pet I feel cats. like I need a cat now. <laughs> you do not need a cat. You have too many fur animals. You need to get a cat then, Rebecca. Otherwise, Meg's going to do it. Oh. You have to take, you have to do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, she, okay, she can do it. Let her do it. Rebecca, hostage negotiation. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Nope. Take it anyway. Cats are great. I love cats too. I just love animals. I really do. What are your hacks or like favorite products or hacks? Okay, I'm going to say this, and I know it's controversial. I don't know why it's controversial, but it is controversial. My biggest hack is to crate train your dogs. Like when you, Rebecca, you said you went maybe to somebody's house and the dog was doing things. Like when people come over to our house, we put the dogs in their crates. Like every single time from like the moment your people are coming. Well, it depends. Like my sister's been here enough that the dogs know her and they are fine. So if my sister's here, but they go in the crates right when company gets here. And then eventually, like Izzy's really great with people. And so we'll put everybody in their crates. All the dogs are in their crates. And then we might let Izzy come out and sniff and play and stuff like that. Izzy's too friendly. She thinks she's still a tiny puppy and she likes to crawl in people's laps. And so, but how big is she? People don't like that. She's like 50 pounds. So <laughs> now, terrible. But the Bosties mostly stay. I do recognize that there are a lot of people that just aren't comfortable with dogs jumping. And I mean, there are dogs sniffing. that are not big jumpers, but the sniffing. So we always put our dogs in their crates when people come over. Izzy sleeps in her crate at night. We don't let our dogs upstairs. So like we have a lot of rules around the dogs, like a lot of boundaries. The Bosties by nature love their crates. So they'll go in there often during the day and just snuggle in and just snooze in there and stuff. Izzy would rather snuggle with a human, but yeah. I know some people think, and we would not have dogs personally if they had to be crated all day while we were out and about. That's just our personal code of ethics around dogs. Somebody's always here, always here. And so the crates for our dogs are safe space from the kids <laughs> where they can go and have some private time. It keeps the safe and keeps the dogs from freaking out when people are over. 
So I just think that get your dog, if you're going to have a puppy or a dog, get them used to having their own safe space to be in the crate. It solves so many problems. And I cannot imagine having a dog that didn't at least have a space to go to. So that's my biggest hack is crate training. I mean, I think the other thing is like, especially for dogs that everybody would say, if you have a dog, training like is super important. So if you have, if you're going to get a dog, be willing to invest in some training, some basic training. It doesn't have to be like, I have friends whose dogs are amazingly well behaved, but that's because the humans have put in the time to train the dog. Right. And so like, for me, I'm like, I've still got four kids here. Like I'm still training them. I don't have tons of time to train my dog. So she's basic training. But you do need some training, like the crates, the crates is a training tool, right? And then also just like dogs usually need, they need to get their energy out. And so just being willing to invest, whether it's a walk or smelling toys or your kids playing with them or whatever it's going to be. I think that's the good thing is that sometimes, and we've even looked at it this way, is that like when you have kids, especially if your kids are excited, it's like, this is a responsibility. This is something that they're taking on, just like being on a sports team, you know, like you're committing to this. And so how are we going to make sure that this dog is not neglected? Like it, you don't move on to the next thing because it's a living thing. You know, like it's not a season of exactly lacrosse that you're like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, 150 years ago, kids would have lived on a farm and they would have had like what you did, Rebecca, like you've got to go water and feed those dogs. You've got to go milk the cow. Like you had these responsibilities. And so just saying like, we don't live in that world necessarily anymore. Most of us don't, some do. Like, here's a responsibility. And I think that it can empower a lot of kids like to be like, oh, I'm in charge of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I started scooping the litter box for our cat when I was a kid, Toby, when I was like in third grade. And that was just always, Toby was my cat. That was my job. I did the food and water for him. I scooped the litter box. Like, it was just very much the expectation that my parents set, like, no, you're going to do this if we're going to have a cat. So yeah, I think that that's a big part of it is when you're talking about why did you get pets for kids is that component of it for sure too. We have so many more questions that Rebecca has for us. So we're going to take a little quick break and we'll get even deeper into this big pet conversation when we come right back. Hey friends, I've got a little message for the grown-up awesomes who are listening, but awesomes of any age, you may know if you've got a Gen Zer in your life that cuffing season is just around the corner. Cuffing season, of course, begins with the start of autumn when we're all looking for somebody to basically shack up with or exclusively date during the holidays or when it gets cold outside. Now, many of us who are listening, we have had the same cuffing season partner for years, but that doesn't mean that we can't shake things up this cuffing season, this snuggle season, and you can do that with a bottle of Foria. Now, you guys know that I, myself, and all of the awesome nation who has tried Foria is absolutely obsessed. And that's because Foria is using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. They have a serious cult following, tens of thousands of people who are fanatical about the Foria products. If you're wondering where to start, I'm going to send you over to the Awaken Arousal Oil. Awaken can use a CBD and warming, sensation-inducing organic botanicals that are going to enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, access to orgasm, and also what 
many awesomes love about the Awaken Arousal Oil is that it really helps with discomfort. And this snuggle season, go ahead and use the Awaken Arousal Oil with the sex oil. It's a perfect combo for peak pleasure. So yes, you know you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more, deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it and as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal just for you awesomes. Get 20% off of your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash awesome or just use code awesome at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash awesome for 20% off of your first order. Again, I recommend trying the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil together. You're going to thank me later. Okay, we are back. And today on Sorta Awesome, we are talking all things pets. We have one pet skeptic and two pet enthusiasts here. So everyone's opinions well represented. But you know, here's the thing. Again, you we've all, Rebecca, you had pets even growing up. There is a sad part of bringing a pet into your family. And that is just by nature, <laughs> like you're going to at some point say goodbye to that pet. And it can be, it's, it's a lot more intense, I think, than many of us even anticipate going into having a pet. Rebecca, what are some of your questions around that very unawesome part of bringing pets into your family? So let's start with kind of like the hot, hot topic of rehoming a pet. Both of you have mentioned in your pet history that you've had to rehome pets for various reasons or you had various motivations behind doing that. So what did you learn along the way about rehoming a pet? And like, maybe like, what would you do differently now? Or or what was the big takeaway for you with that process? I'm just going to start by saying, I don't understand why people have such big feelings about this. And maybe it is because I am a Gen Xer who was raised by baby boomers who are just like, very pragmatic about like pets come into your life and pets leave. And like, that's just part of it. I always have thought, Gosh, if you come to a decision as an adult who's trying to like make life work and and you start to realize like I cannot give this animal that I love and care about the care that it deserves that I would want it to have like for whatever life circumstances come along, why would you not want to do your best to put it into a situation where it could get the love and care and nurture that it deserves? I don't understand this idea that you should like power through I don't know, maybe it's because I'm more sensitive to like some of the complexities of mental health issues. I would think that it'd be more important for me to be fully functional and able to give all of my attention to the children that I'm raising or, mm-hmm. you know, like those mm-hmm. are the circumstances that impacted us. But to me, that is actually more important and better for everybody involved. I also have this very Pollyanna view on the world that everything works out the way it's supposed to work out. And so, for example, with Jaja, our white German shepherd, we loved her and nurtured her through the wild puppy phase that big dogs tend to go through, especially a breed like German shepherds. And she was such a great dog and such a great dog for a family that when it was our time to say like, okay, we're getting ready to have a new baby. And, you know, just like looking at the facts that we were able to find a family that had been looking for a dog, but they couldn't have a puppy, but they'd been looking for a family dog that was used to kids. They had four kids too. And it's like our lives intersected at just the right time 
for us to be like, okay, we can't have Zsa, Zsa anymore. She's a great dog. She's going to go to this family who is fully ready for a dog like Zsa, Zsa. I mean, I understand that's like, like we're fostering almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I understand that's like such an ideal thing to have happen. And I know it doesn't always work out that way, but I feel perplexed sometimes around the controversy around rehoming, if, especially if you are doing it with care and in an ethical way, in a way that's going to ultimately benefit both the animal and all of the families involved. I think that we need to not have so much stigma around it. But Kelly, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I agree. I do understand the dicey nature is that I think that some people really view animals are their children. And so they're like, would you get rid of one of your kids? If you're just like, I'm having a bad mental health month, you'd be like, okay, up for adoption because you're too much. And also I think that there are people who get rid of pets really easily. You know, like I'm always kind of horrified, like what's happened even in the last few years as pandemic puppies, people are just like, I don't want a dog anymore. Here, take it back. And they just give it to the pound or bunnies every Easter. There's always like an influx of people who go out and get a bunny for their kid for Easter. And then two months later. So and then what ends up happening, of course, is that a lot of those animals are not in no kill shelters. And so like, I think it's a pushback against those things, which I understand. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. However, what you're talking about, I think is what I see more. It is responsible, loving pet owners who are saying, I want what's best for the pet. And I am not what's best for the pet right now. So when we rehomed our dogs and cat in California, we just had Natalie and we thought we were moving from the Bay Area to Florida because Corey was working there. We were fully preparing to move all the way across country. Our cat couldn't go to the vet like a block away without losing her ever loving mind in the car. <laughs> right. I had to fly with her when we moved from San Diego up to the Bay Area. That was the one move we did with her. And we had to like give her <laughs> like she flew on the plane with me and Corey drove with the dogs. We had to give her meds. So like even taking her to the airport before I could give her the meds. And um, you know, she's just like, <laughs> like under the chair, people are like everybody in the sitting area. They're all like, what you got in there? And I'm like a very unhappy cat. <laughs> um, uh, yes. But once we got on the plane and I gave her the meds, she kind of did quiet down. And also it was like a smaller plane that had props. <laughs> so that was also nice too. I'm like, now we can't hear if she's losing it. Yes. I was, we didn't have kids. Corey often said, because we both worked such long hours and our dogs were pretty high energy say we should find a bit different home for them. And I was so resistant because it felt to me like a responsibility that we had accepted. And we were just like, I'm done with this. I was very, I felt icky about it. But then we had Natalie and we had this move. And when we did rehome them, like we had a family in our church. She had three young kids that our smaller dog went with. And it was, she was an Aussie shepherd mix. And then our older dog that was like a pit bull Rottweiler mix who was really, really sweet, but also high energy, went to a family that lived kind of up in the mountains, the Santa Cruz mountains, and they had had German shepherds. So they had a dog run. And we were like, oh. perfect. So like this dog is going to get energy. Like it's going to get attention from teenage daughters instead of like two working people who one of them works 10 hours during the day and one works 10 hours in, in the evening. So I felt like, oh, they went, like they were better. Even our cat went to live with a cat lady who had just like, she was like in her eighties. She's always had one cat. Her cat just had to be put down. She was looking for a new cat. So our cat was probably eight at that point. But we were like, she lived her best life 
once she went to live with this lady. You know what I mean? Because she had one person. Also, she did not, our cat did not like that we had dogs. And we didn't help with that because we would often, the dogs loved the cat. They were like, give us the cat, the cat. And we were like, here's the cat. The cat's like, I hate you. And then she would run and it was our entertainment after dinner. But once I saw that, like, I was like, they're happier now, you know, and I don't have to feel guilty all the time that I'm not able to care for them. So it freed me up of some of that. Like, why did I fight so hard to be like, but this is my responsibility. It was my responsibility, but I wasn't able to fulfill it. And so recognizing that earlier would have been best for all. So that helped. I mean, when we rehomed, when we gave the dog back that we had been, that we had for, you know, 36 hours, that was a move of sheer desperation and do it sooner rather than later. Like, don't think about it. You know, when I woke up at 2 a.m. and I, I looked at Corey as the dog was barking and I looked at him and I said, we've made a horrible mistake. And we were like, I woke up at eight o'clock, made the phone call, like, come get her before we can get more attached, before we break our daughter's heart more. And they were so good about like, because it was a place, we had a place to give her back that wasn't like the humane society where you're thinking, oh, now I feel like what's going to happen with this dog. They were like, we will find her a new home. So that felt good too. So I think that if you can find those situations where, you know, it's in the pet's best interest. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, but then sometimes you're tragically saying goodbye because of the death of a pet. And I think that's probably something we've all have experienced. I have memories as a child of dogs dying and it is still like, it just makes me so sad to think about those moments of having to say goodbye to a dearly beloved pet. So what are some of the things that, you know, as you guys have experienced pet loss in your lives that has been helpful to you? Maybe things that people have helpful things to say, or maybe things not to say to somebody who's experiencing pet loss? How do you like support somebody who maybe is going through the sadness of a pet loss? I'll let Kelly mostly handle this because I know it's something that has been more recent in their life. I haven't had to deal with that since my childhood cat died. <laughs> I know. I was like, I just tried to rehome them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't have to deal with it. No. Um, I do think that just having and having friends and family who have recently lost animals, I think the most important thing is to not minimize the very real grief of losing a pet. I think, I hope in this day and age that most of us are sensitive to that, but there is so much grief. Pets really are so much a part of the rhythm of your days and just bring so much joy and fulfillment that to lose that is very heartbreaking. And so not minimizing it, not saying it was just a dog, it was just a cat, it was just a parakeet or whatever, that being able to acknowledge the real sense that it is, it's real grief and to honor it like that. But Kelly, I know that you've gone through it with your kids in the past few years. And I know that must have added a whole different layer of the grieving process too. It really did. And I mean, part of it, Longtime listeners, awesomes would know, like, so our dog, Sammy, who was Natalie's best friend, she had kidney disease. So she was 12 and she was ailing for sure. And we put it off for a while. Like, you know, I want to wait for it to be unavoidable. So we had her put down in our home. So there's like so many great services these days. People can come to your home, which was nice in some ways. 
like I've never done it any other way. So I guess I don't have a comparison because like Meg, the only other pet I've had to say goodbye to through death was my childhood dog. And that was, she was so old and infirmed. Like you just felt like for me, I was like, she lived a good life and she died in her sleep, you know? So I wasn't, I wasn't involved. The process of deciding to put down a pet adds another layer to it that was very traumatic for me that I hadn't really considered. Having it be Natalie's best friend and having had her, like this was her only friend through years of pain and depression in high school. And so that there was just a lot of layers of extra grief to losing Sammy. And like to this day, it is the most tender spot in my heart of grief. But I do think, Meg, what you said is true. I think that we have gotten as a culture so much more adept and aware of like that this is real and just giving people the support that we would if they lost somebody close to them. You know, like we're going to talk about it. You can cry in front of me. I'm acknowledging it. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of people who go, it was just a dong, you know, anymore. They may not understand it in the same way and that's okay, but they don't, they don't minimize my pain. So yeah, I mean, I guess they could have left the dog with us, but like you can decide, I think in most situations these days, like, do you want to have your pet cremated or do you want them to bury or whatever? So we had Sammy cremated and then Natalie has made a locket, like an amberized locket out of her ashes. So there's so many things online today that you can do with ashes of dog or human. Like you can, they press them and they make them into a stone or something like that. So she has that. It's like a little dog paw with it. And she wears that every day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. I know. You know what? It was that's so this time. It was November of uh, 2019 because it was right before Thanksgiving. So we were kind of like, let's do this because then we'll move into something that will kind of take our mind off of it was the thought. And then the pandemic happened. And you know that's how, why we ended up with a pandemic puppy too. But yeah, I do think that people... If you're saying like, how can I support somebody just the same ways that you would do for anybody who's had a loss and just not minimizing it, supporting them. And there are lots of ways that people can memorialize a pet these days. And I think if you really know that person, there's so many cool things you can do. We also had her paw prints made before, like the vet did that for us that came to our house. Yeah, they do really great things. You just reminded me that we have a dead fish in our freezer, cold fish. What? Sorry. It's a, like a beta fish. So Natalie's had a couple of fish. She took one home from Starbucks when they had a fish in the office and like no one was really caring for it. Well, it was like stuck back behind papers. And she's like, okay, you guys, this fish, like I'm taking the fish. And they were like, okay, I don't care. So she brought it home and then he was kind of old, but he lived his last days in Natalie's room. So that was good. And then she was like, well, come on another fish. I've got like all the stuff now. Like you said, Rebecca, fish don't live long. So if you feel like you want your kids to see an animal in the house, I don't feel like fish do anything either, though. They don't add anything. No, Kelly, you are like really skipping over something essential, which is why you have the fish in your (laughs) Because he died like in the late spring this last year. This is why it kind of touches in the grief. It hit Natalie so hard. Like it touched her grief of Sammy, of losing Sammy, even though it was just a fish, you know, like it wasn't like something she could cuddle. It triggered that. And so she was upset. Like I was, because we all knew like he was doing all the signs of him dying soon. So we all knew this was going to be happening. And then she came home when he was floating and she had like a whole day of like sobbing 
And she was like, clearly this isn't just about the fish, you know, like it's just other things too. So we wrapped him up and we were like, we can't, she's like, I want to bury him. I was having flashbacks to the Cosby show. Can we talk about the Cosby show? One of the first episodes was the youngest child. What was her name? Rudy. Rudy's fish dies. And she's really upset. And the parents are like, we need to honor her grief. We're going to have a funeral and flush Rudy down the toilet. And so they make all their teenagers who like have plans with their friends. They're like, you will be here for the fish's funeral. And they were like, what? And they have to put on clothes, like dark clothes. The mom and dad are like, we are going to honor Rudy's grief. Look at that little girl. And then they get in the bathroom and Rudy's like, can this be over? And she just like flushes it and walks out. And they were like, (laughs) yes. All right. So we need to have like a funeral to honor Natalie's grief. So she put the fish in the freezer and he's still there. I saw him the other day. I mean, he's wrapped up. He's tiny, right? Wrapped up in a paper towel in a little baggie. And I was like, hey, the ground's freezing again. It's time. time. Let us us lay him to rest. (laughs) Like, or he's going to get flushed because. (laughs) Yes. But I just think like honoring each person's grief. That's my point. Whether it's a fish or it's a guinea pig or it's a dog or it's a horse. My dad had a horse that he rode to school. Oh, why? Because he's a baby boomer or was a baby boomer. And he lived in rural Kansas. And he went to a one room schoolhouse when he was a kid. Wow! So up to when he was in like eighth grade, he rode his horse to school. But he wrote a whole chapter in the Storyworth book about his horse and how he actually didn't like riding it to school because the horse had to be tied up outside the school all day. And he felt really bad for it just waiting there for him, you know. Like they would go out and feed it at lunch, but he's like, so I didn't actually like to do it. And then like when the horse died and how upsetting that was to him, whatever animal is in your life, we don't have that many, like, again, 150 years ago, animals were so common in our lives. We would have had so much more experience with this life, birth, puppy, adult, death cycle. Circle of life. Mm -hmm. Yes. We would have had more experience. Maybe we would have been better at it. Like, I feel kind of floundery when it comes to dealing with grief and death with animals. Well, Like we often say with grief, when in doubt, like just say something, Mm -hmm. right? Like just say something. They make cards at the Hallmark store that talk about pet loss, send flowers, send a text, when in doubt, just say something. Because people just want to feel like their feelings are valid and that they're acknowledged and you're there to talk if they need to talk. That's exactly it. Okay. But- Like you guys, um, I would say have not convinced me that this is something (laughs) I know for my life. We weren't trying to convince you though. Even the pet enthusiasts who are listening are like, why are they telling Rebecca all the bad stuff? (laughs) Okay, but this is your one last opportunity. Tell me something memorable, something funny, your best pet moment as of lately. Like share just something bright and happy with me to end the episode on a more positive. Okay. I'm trying to think there's like so much good stuff. I think when it comes down to it, pets bring a true companionship to life that is just really in so many ways, they're uncomplicated. Even cats, which can be a little standoffish. Cats can also just be there. Again, Toby, my cat from my childhood he would sense very much when I was upset and, you know, I'm going through preteen years and teen years and crying and he would without fail come and sit with me when I was sad. And I remember as a girl, like eight, nine, ten years old, 
crying my eyes out and telling Toby all of the wrongs and the hurts of the day. And, you know, cats and dogs, pets, they just accept you as you are. And they're just so genuinely unconditional in their devotion. A lot of times dogs, certain, I mean, to see your dog just like wagging its tail because it's so happy or snuggling up on the couch at night to, you know, watch TV. They're just, they're there. They're just, there's so much companionship there. And I know for people who don't have pets, they may be thinking, well, also can get that from humans. And that's true. But the uncomplicated, wholesome nature, I think, of having a pet, it's really and truly awesome. And it's why we do clean up the cat puke and why we scoop the dog poop and go on the walks, even when it's cold and rainy outside. There's that give and take in relationship that I think makes it all worth it. Kelly, I don't know if you have stuff to add to it too. Oh, I don't even know if I can add anything, Meg. That was exactly it. I feel like with pets, they are, I said before, like kind of the best of like what a toddler is. A toddler who is like when you come into the room, their whole face lights up and they are so excited to see you. Like I saw a TikTok the other day of a dad, a young dad telling his maybe 18, two-year-old, 18 month to two-year-old little boy about trick-or-treating. And he was like, so you go to a door and you ring the doorbell and you say trick or treat and they give you candy. And the kid was like, oh, oh, oh." like he just his whole face, his body, he had to turn like three circles. And the dad goes, and then you go to the next house and ring the doorbell (laughs) and they give you candy again. And like the kid lost it. He was like, one house giving me candy is the best news I've ever even thought of in my whole life. All the houses are going to give me candy. Like. His whole body reacted, right? It's that kind of joy. That's what pets are always. They don't grow up. So they just are always that way. So I get to maintain that kind of joy. My dog, she loves everybody. But like when she's happy, like right now, if I say to anybody, well, let's go. She's like, that's me. That's me. That's my cue. That's my it. And she like, she starts to follow me everywhere. Her tail, like she has like a whole butt wiggle. And I'm like, hey, baby, you're not going. I'm taking them to drama practice. Like, you have to stay here. And then she like is like, well, why? And I'm like, fine, get in the car. My kids are like, you came so easily with her. But like, it's because of that. It's just unmitigated joy. And it's pure. And it doesn't change. You know, like if you could freeze that sweetness of a three-year-old who's just so happy to see you and they get excited about all the new things in life. Like, mom, look at this leaf. I found a leaf that's red. And you're like, it's so sweet. That's how every single morning our dog looks outside and she's like, there's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. And we're like, yes, we live in the woods. There are squirrels. There are chipmunks. There are bunnies. But like, she is like over the moon every day to find a squirrel. So it's just, my husband was talking the day about how life is so hard. Like everything is so hard right now when you look around and for reasons like, especially for him, he's like, all I want to do is just be like outside because nature feels unsullied. Like it doesn't feel actively evil and complicated. And then we were walking our dog. And at that moment, the dog was like, she stopped and saw a squirrel. And then she was like, I got to go over here. And I was like, and the dog. And he's like, yep, the dog is the other part of that. Like, even though she's work, so it's a little bit. We have a big yard and that's work too. He's like, she brings a certain levity. Like she's not trying to get anything. Well, she's trying to get treats from him, but you know, like she just wants to love him. He is the alpha in our family. So like she loves me. I'm her best friend. 
But when she sees Corey every morning, she's like, oh, you're here. Like she's just, it's joy. That's why I think I'll always have a dog because of that companionship and that joy. I don't want to not have that. Well, it's very sweet. Something to think about, Rebecca. Just think about it. (laughs) I will say, Rebecca, that my sister, who is also at Enneagram 6, they got a dog. Actually, it was a year before. So it was like in 2019-ish, 2020. And the dog is like literally one of the sweetest dogs I've ever met in my life. She's super soft. She doesn't jump. She doesn't bark. She's just like sweet. Perfect dog for their family. Like perfect. But my sister's like, I will never get another dog. Like, I'm glad that we have her fine. Like the kids love her. She does not bring me anything that is worth the work and the money and the limits that she puts on us just being like, well, we're going to run up north. Oh, no, we can't because we don't have anybody to watch the dog. You know, like we have to pay to bring the dog with us because the hotel's charge, whatever. She's just like, it is not worth it to me. So I think it's really important for people to know. Yes. That know thyself. When it comes to pets and to honor that, to not feel pressured one way or That's the other right. into saying like, well, everybody else loves a dog. What's wrong with me? Do yeah, There's nothing wrong with me. No, right. There isn't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Cosine. No, but seriously, I think that is the truest thing is to know yourself as the human who is going to be taking on this responsibility. I think that's what it comes down to. So, and maybe you can even start out, not you, Rebecca, but like if you're thinking about getting a pet, maybe start out with doing some pet sitting for family and friends, like get a little taste of it, the actual work of it before you commit to the the joy of it. <laughs> and or you can even foster. Like so Natalie, before we had to put Sammy down, she had already signed up and she was fostering another dog here in our house. Fostering works really well for some people because it is very short term. It's just like hard if your kids are going to get attached. But if they know like we're taking care of this dog for a little while, it's like they get all of the fun. And then and you either you're like, we, yeah, you get a break. Like either you're like, we're going on vacation. So someone else has to take the dog or the dog finds its home. And then you're like, well, that was fun. And now we have a break. I have a lot of friends who either do that or just say, hey, to everybody in the world, we are your pet sitters. Like we will watch the bunny. We will watch the cat because then we do it for a week and our kids get the fun of it and then it's gone. And you don't have to long term commitment. And it's not it doesn't even have to be in your house. You know, like you can go to the other person's house if depending on the animal. So there are lots of ways to if you're just like worried about your kids to have your kids have pet exposure without having to actually be a pet owner. Totally. That made you smile, Rebecca. Maybe that's something you guys can get She's into. smiling thinking, never, I, ever. No. <laughs> because like, I literally called my mom to ask if I could ignore the cat. <laughs> the cat that we were that's what I mean. Testing. She's so, like, you guys are sweet, but no. Yeah. I told my friends, I left them in a boxer message. I said, if anybody's been wondering if I would be a good candidate <laughs> to pet sit for you, yeah. This is the energy that I'm bringing to that situation. And my friend replied back, none of us were wondering. (laughs) We knew that, Rebecca, and we love you anyway. Like, we don't care. It's okay. We already knew that. That is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Rebecca, thank you for bringing these questions so we could finally do our pet show and our pet conversation. I'm so glad we got to do this. 
Um, if people do want to find you, Rebecca, to ask follow-up questions, you guys don't try to persuade Rebecca. She's she's good where she is. But if you want to just talk to Rebecca. Or maybe feel like, yes, Rebecca, I'm on team yes, Rebecca, team wanna, no pets. That's right. Or send me your pet horrible TikToks yes. as further ammunition that I can pass off to my husband. <laughs> so I'm going to start sending you all the cute pet TikToks, too, Rebecca. Yes. Now that I know, she's going to be like, I'm going to have to block Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, so my website is simplyrebecca.com and then you can send me all the DMs on Instagram at simplyrebecca. Yes. Okay, Kelly, where can we find you all around the web? You can find me at Kelly Gordon MN. On social media, that's my handle or kellygordonmn.com if you're looking for recipes or other things like that. Okay, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg and all of the places on social media. Find Sorta Awesome, especially on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to have you join us. Awesomes, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.